Good Friday morning, afternoon, whatever you're doing. Man, that game, you know, frustrating for me in our Pick'em League. I, you know, Dino, this is, what is this, the third or fourth time I did not pick the Thursday night game? Every Tuesday I used to, my routine was to pick the games for our Pick'em League. This year I have not got into that routine. And I, I see the email on Wednesday morning, and next thing you know it's Thursday afternoon, and I'm like, oh, I'll get to it, i got to get to it. And I'm so busy, so busy with work. Go, take it. And it's not happening. I keep forgetting. I got to the flag football practice with like eight minutes to spare before the game starts. It won't let you. It has that 10-minute lockout, which I absolutely hate. Why does it matter? You know, I guess maybe sometimes it has to have it saved. Who knows? But I really wish if you could change a guy up to one minute before the game starts, or actually up to game kickoff or fantasy, which is probably takes more people than pick them, maybe not pick them leagues. Why can't I? Because I was going to pick Green Bay. And at one point when Arizona was going to win at the end, I was like, okay, that's good. It makes no difference. Green Bay's going to lose. Arizona's going to win. So my pick wouldn't have mattered. So now Green Bay won. Majority picked Arizona, like over 75%. I would have gained on those. I need those games. So that's one aspect where I was like, how frustrating. But the game itself, I don't know. I just didn't get the first half. Took some time to develop. And I'll start with me going against Austin, our game. Now it's a five-point swing. I had a bigger advantage. Aaron Jones outscored. I expected him to get 20 or more. So not a shock. He got 25. Actually, the way the game was going, I will be more than happy to get 25. What killed is Randall Cobb. The guy has three catches and two for touchdowns. It's like, oh, my gosh. Tunyon going out when he makes his biggest play of the game for him, and I think the most yards gained for Green Bay on offense at one time. And he hurts his knee when he's gripping his knee. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. I have not had a tight end go for double-digit points all season. I thought this was it. Tanyan almost had that touchdown the first quarter. If Rodgers had maybe waited a few more seconds for Tanyan to move down, he might have had him. But he didn't. I would have loved to just get 10 points. Didn't, once again, under 10. And the biggest hurt was when Devontae Adams did not clear the COVID protocol. Oh, man, that stinks. Not for anyone else, just for me. So that was good for Austin because if he does, then Cobb does not get what he gets most likely. So great play, great job for Aaron Jones. Excellent gamble. You know, when when your receivers are Pittman and Myers, the law firm. Myers, though, He's at, had a few games around that, so, I mean, it might come out even. Myers might go for 10. He might go for 20. Whatever, it might come out. It was a good gamble for Austin, and it helped out, and it might prove to be the difference in the game. We'll find out. You know, right now he's up 41-7. to We already broke down the game. We just wanted to look at that. That's a good start. That's a good start for Austin, and his team's been doing that most of the year other than his one loss. Now, we're going to start breaking down the games. The other day we talked about Dino. Looking like he's going to beat Brian, especially with Brian losing DeAndre Swift. I thought Dino was going to win anyways. Playing for the draft, Matt against Steve. Matt, that was my elimination pick, shoo-in, that is Matt is going to win. And then the, the other one, it was tough to call. Tough to call with Austin and me. But right now, the, set, the Thursday night game has made this almost a 50-50 matchup. So big Thursday night game for Austin. Not so big for myself. Now let's get to today's games. I know... 
I know we always say, you know, oh, I always say I'm quick. I'm going to try to now because it's 1144. I wanted to get to bed before midnight. Emerald and Josh were over and they were going to leave at 11. Next thing you know, we kept talking and talking and talking and the kids were still up. So it was, it was a delayed night and yet I still got to get to work tomorrow morning. And this was going to be the night I finished my podcast around 1130 and I get to bed sooner. Nobody cares about all that. But if we do get it under 20 minutes, it's because, one, we're only doing three games. Sometimes when I break down the games, I might get lost into what's going on or stats or numbers popping in my head. If that's the case, then this one will go over 30 minutes. You know, it could, it could be. It all depends. And then, of course, my cat Vader just keeps – I just keep throwing her food. She's like a dog playing fetch. She keeps coming back, tapping my leg, tapping my elbow, wanting me to throw more food. I don't know when she stops. Go get it. There it goes. All right. So we're going to get to our first game. Team Tussle, Eric against Jacob. Now, this game right now with the Aaron Rodgers underperformance, right? It was not what he what he expected. If he had got that rushing touchdown in towards the end right there, that would have made it much sweeter. He would have got 23 points. It would have been over his projection. That would have been good. I'm shocked. Like I said, I'm shocked at how the defenses played really well. But the offensive plays just seemed like nothing opened up. Now, that could be because there was no Adams. There was no DeAndre Hopkins. For most of the time, that's my guess. If those guys are in, it might be a whole different game. If MVS is in, Lazard, I mean, I think it, because if Green Bay scores quicker and more, even if they got a big lead and it was late garbage time, you might see Arizona put up some more points. It just felt like since both defenses were playing great, the offenses didn't really explode. They didn't really push it. Um, so, yeah, Rodgers 17, that hurts. I still think Eric wins this, but... As we break down quarterbacks, at this point, Justin Herbert's worst game of the year. I'm going to look it up real quick. I know this for a fact because I had him in my Dynasty League last season before I traded him. And the one game that he stunk was New England, right? Listen to these games. Jacksonville, 47. Denver, 28. The the Raiders, 31. That was not the overtime game. Miami, 24. The Jets, 37, right? So far, his worst game was against Miami, who... He's probably going, hey, you should have drafted me. And he had his worst performance. And that's 24 points. The Jets, 37. At Buffalo, really good defense, especially that late in the year, week 12, 24 points. When he came at home against New England, week 13, I was not afraid to play him. I was like, you know what? I know New England in the past. You've heard the stats. You've heard it before. Are very good against rookie quarterbacks. Bill Belichick knows how to you know, get under their skin, how to take away things that they're comfortable with. I didn't think so. He threw for 209 yards and two interceptions, 9.45 points, under 10 points. Then the next week, 20, 35, 18, 41. His only start in his entire career in single digits is at home against New England. So that said, he's at home against New England. The defense, in my opinion, other than Stephon Gilmore is gone, he was injured, then they traded him. But the defense had a lot of guys last year missing because of COVID. They sat out the year. They still got paid. And then they all came back. So if anything, the Patriots defense should be better this year. And yet, here they are going to L.A. He's projected to get 23. I feel comfortable starting him in the fact that New England's defense has not been just world beaters as I was expecting him to play uh, a better better type of defense they've not but man if anyone's going to stop herbert 
it would be Bill Bel- excuse me, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Right now, would I be happy with 17 from Rodgers or would I feel more comfortable with Herbert against Belichick at home? Honestly, I would be happy with the 17. So I'm going to take Rodgers. I know Herbert this year, right? He's a top 10. Now he had a bye week, so it's a little. He had 22, 26, 34, 24, 52, and 13. Even the game where it was close against Dallas, 26 points. Odds are he's probably going to throw for three. Now Baltimore... Right, they're not great against quarterback. He they held him under 200 yards. So what did they do? Can New England take some of that and just go with what Belichick did last year? I wouldn't be shocked. So I would feel safe right now if you said, "Hey, roll the dice, take what I get, or take the 17." I'll take the 17. Now it could bite me in the butt when we do the game re- recaps and see what happens. And Herbert goes for 40. But at this point, uh, I would trust history over uh, the unknown of possibly. Herbert going for 40. So I I I will take Rogers 17 this week. Running backs. Javante Williams or and Joe Mixon or Miles Gaskin and Jamal Williams. I'm going to take Mixon as the top back. Now Gaskin is going to get way more playing time, right? Malcolm Brown is on the IR. So I like Gaskin at least to get 15 points just on the volume alone. And can Williams do this at home against Philly? Yeah. I mean, it's mostly a DeAndre Swift team, but Williams has still had, how many games has he had double digits? He had one, two, just two. And he came off combined six the last two weeks. They're not. He did get 12 attempts so last week. He needs to get involved in the passing game, which he did week one when he had 26. So we'll see. But I like Williams to take over for Javante Williams for the Broncos. As last week, he only had four carries, but he had six receptions. And that's not something he normally gets. He doubled his any other game. Three, every other game was 3-3-3-3. Three, 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 three. He had six last week with 17 points, a career high. He's at home now against Washington. I like Williams and Mixon more. I like this week Jacobs running backs more. Wide receivers, Claypool, Callaway. Now, Callaway, looking at his stats, right, he had 14 points against New England. He had the really big game against Washington, who's given up the most receiving yards, and then Played 92%, had seven targets, but only three catches against Seattle. Tampa Bay's pass defense is terrible. So Callaway, I like. I like Claypool every week to have a big play. He is a boomer bust at times. But there's no way, like I said, almost any team that I'm not going to take Tyreek. When I play Eric, that might be a week where I'll look at it. You got Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf. It might depend on matchup. While Eric has Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. If it was this week, Jefferson at home against Dallas. Regardless if he's going against Diggs, Diggs might get interceptions, but he still has given up. I think they said the last few receivers, like 77, 85. He still gives up yards, and Jefferson's one of the best. And Tyree Kill, Monday night at home against the Giants. I really find it hard to find a better combo. I mean, unless like it was like DK Metcalf and Devontae Adams going against Washington. And what's another bad pass defense? I don't know. I mean, the Jags. I don't know. I thought the Jags were pretty good. I'd have we'd have to look it up, but it's just maybe Atlanta, right? I might feel good, like oh man, Atlanta, DK Metcalf can own them, whatever. Hill and Jefferson are big time, and if Eric can get fifteen to twenty from Gaskins, then I don't think he falls too far behind in the running backs to make up for it, because odds are Herbert's going to go for fifteen at least, if not twenty, right? And so Aaron Rodgers doesn't offer much of an advantage meaning Gaskins has to make up the difference because Mixon should have a good game against the Jets. 
If the Bengals get an early lead, look for Mixon to get 15 to 20 carries. So I like his running backs more, but it's up to Gaskins to help out because Tyreek Hill and Jefferson, I think, will really maybe, I mean, there is a chance they can triple up Jacobs receivers, and that could be the game. Besides Kyle Pitts, our next topic, the tight end. Kyle Pitts, every week I'm going to take Pitts, other than probably Kelsey. Remember, it used to be maybe Kittle. Even when Kittle comes back next week, I'm still going. Pitts has jumped into top three. Darren Waller's out. So for now, with Waller being out, Pitts is two. Um, But even Waller, when he was in, other than week one, he has not been dominant. He's not gotten so many targets. Where Like last year, like against the Jets, there were games where it was just like 15, 20 targets. It's just nonstop feeding him the ball as the game was close. I'm going to go Kelsey and then Pitts. So every week, Eric's going to have a huge advantage at tight end. Ingram. I think he's going to get enough playing time because if he stays healthy, they want to trade him. So they want to try to show the guy still has talent. He can still play. It increases his value. I'm still going Pitts. So Hill, Jefferson, and Pitts, those are the top three reasons why, regardless if Eric has only a, what is it, a seven or six-point advantage favorite, that those are the three spots to where I think Eric's going to win the game. You know, no spoiler alert, I think Eric's going to win the game, not just based on record, just based on the matchups that are tougher for Herbert and the fact that Pitts, Jefferson, and Hill are just elite players. Now, if Hill has one of his stinkers, right, if he has a single-digit game, he doesn't do much, I still think Pitts and Jefferson will do enough. But if that's the case, then there you go. That's Jacob's chance to try to make up enough points. As we look to the flex spot, you got Higgins from Cincinnati against Herbert. Man, Herbert, I have to be honest. I'm disappointed that I dropped him. Would I have played him this week? I probably would have had him in my flex. And if I got confirmation by Saturday, right, because Barkley's Monday night, so they're saying Barkley has a good chance to practice today, Friday. If he does, then I I would play Barkley and I wouldn't play. But I dropped Herbert because I thought Barkley would be back. I did not think Devontae Adams would go on COVID list. So I'm like, I'm not going to play him. He's just going to sit there. And he's going to lose value. Damian Williams comes back, or Daryl, I think Damian Williams. He comes back and does absolutely nothing, nothing. And Herbert had a huge game last week, even better than the week I had him at 20. So great pickup by Jacob. Terrible move by myself to drop him because I I would honestly play him if Barkley does not practice today on Friday or even Saturday. If I don't see any sign of it, I would take. I'm not going to hold it and wait till Monday night and have no one. So I would say, okay, uh, let's take the safe play because I think he's going to have a good game against the Niners. I think he will have a good 15 to 20 carries, and I think he'll go for anywhere from 80, maybe get a touchdown. And I regret dropping him. Great pickup. Now, when I just, the reason I dropped him, I didn't think he had long-term value, and I did not have any spots to play him, so there was no reason to keep him. Maybe I should have traded him. But, yeah, with Williams coming back, I thought Williams would be involved, and he was not. Maybe this week he does. Maybe they, you know, they felt, hey, we brought you back. You practiced a little bit, but we're going to let Herbert ride it out. And now this week it's a timeshare or Williams gets involved in the passing game. We'll see. I don't know. But it's a great grab so far. But Higgins and Herbert, I'm going to take uh, Herbert just in the fact of everything I just said. I don't see how he can't go for another 18 to 20 points. Higgins can, right? Higgins can. He had 13 last week and then 7 and then 10 the week before. So I still think Higgins is a very talented receiver. It's just Jamar Chase has just taken over. And the fact that Chase is it's not like Chase is doing good 
and then he's you know he's having a bunch of like he's having bad games. Chase and Burrow have such chemistry. I mean, who are you going to trust more? Even if he played with Higgins, and this is funny. In my dynasty league, I drafted Chase. I, I talked about how I acquired a bunch of picks. I got Chase. He was one of the receivers I wanted all all off season. When we were coming in, I said since last year when he sat out of here, I said I wanted Jamar Chase and I wanted Najee Harris. I wanted those two running backs really bad because I knew the potential they could have depending on the team they go. When he got Chase, got drafted and went to Cincinnati, I he was one of the tops of my list. I wanted him in our league. Eric wisely took him and Pitts early. Very smart because uh, he's, he's a top player, fourth round. I, I didn't have a third-round pick. I might have got him, but, you know, that's the way it goes. Eric got or Christian got him, I'm sorry. Christian got him in our league. Um, but I love Jamar Chase and how well he's playing. And Herbert, or I keep saying Herbert, Burrow, when it's desperate time or when he goes, we need a big play, I think he's going to trust him over Higgins. And I remember saying this to some guys in the Dynasty League or in like fantasy sites. You talk, you see comments, you make comments, YouTube videos, you might watch on a guy. And people would say, oh, you know, no, 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 no. Uh, he hasn't played with him since college. He's been out of there for a whole year. Uh, Ch- Chase didn't even play all last year. Uh, he's going to be rusty. Higgins played a whole season, which I think he didn't because he got Burrow got hurt. But when he was there, he's like, he got a, almost a year of chemistry with him. Higgins is still the wide receiver one there. You'll see, you'll see. And... Higgins is more like the wide receiver, too. There's times Boyd has a good game. Higgins and Boyd trade off each other. I like both, right? I think Boyd and Higgins can both go for over 20. So if you got him, play him. I would play him, too. But Chase is the top receiver there, and he's got chemistry. There's a reason they drafted him. I'm pretty sure Burrow said, please, get me that guy. We can. It only makes Higgins and Burrow uh, Boyd better. But, man, Higgins has the potential, but I feel safer with Herbert this week. Uh that's a lot to talk about with a flex spot. But yes, Higgins I like, Herbert I love more this week. Goff and Tannehill, no question I'm going Tannehill. Goff has yet to show me any kind of elite game other than the garbage time where he made a fake comeback to make it a little bit dramatic, but we didn't think he would come back against the Niners. Other than that, I just, you know, he's a quarterback and he could go off. He has the potential every week with the lines. If Swift has a big game, if they can get some of the other guys going, uh, yes, he could have it, but I'm taking Tannehill going against the Colts. And then the defense, yeah, Singleton, Diggs, you know, the Niners, Bears, they're playing against each other. So whoever has a better, that's a big key there with the defense. Whatever defense plays better against the other, if the Niners D plays great, Herbert means Herbert probably didn't have a great game. If the Bears defense plays great, Herbert can still have a good game. That doesn't matter. But I, yeah, this is why I don't talk defense too much. He could, he could. Breaking it down, I like Eric's team because of, Hill, Jefferson, and Pitts, and Tannehill. And Higgins, I still think, can have a decent enough game. Where I like Jacob is I like Herbert, the running back, and his running backs, Mixon and Williams. You know, he's going to need, Jacob's going to need Herbert to destroy the Patriots, go for 35 or 40, and then have Williams and Mixon really double up. They're like Gaskins and uh, Jamal Williams have bad games. And then Williams and Mixon double up his running backs, that is how he can win the game against Eric and pull the upset. But that is that game. And look at this. Look at this. Oh, my gosh. What? 19 minutes in. You know, I started it quick. I was going bang, bang, bang. All right, let's get to our next game. Oh, man. Game of the week. We know. Let's let's get to Nick and Mario real quick. Not real quick. I'll try to. I know both. I, I know both. Listen. 
All right, as of right now, Mario is a 34-point underdog, as he should be. Daniel Jones, Monday night at Kansas City. Kansas City's pass defense has not been outstanding. I think Jones can go for a solid game. Jalen Hurts at Detroit, I like Hurts more, right? I'm definitely taking Hurts. They only have him four points over Jones. Now, in garbage time, Daniel Jones could make up the difference. I could be wrong. But for a consistent entire game and where I would feel safer, I would much rather have Jalen Hurts. Nick, advantage there. Zeke and Fournette or Gio Bernard and Scott? Yeah, that's that's a check mark. Um, there's not much there to, to even dwell upon. Zeke will have a great game. Fournette will have a good game. New Orleans run defense on the road uh, at New Orleans. They're pretty good. Gio Bernard, he's... Tampa's gonna have he's gonna have to get a few passes. Here, I'll say this for you. If Bernard doubles up Leo, right? Let's say he gets some receptions, get a a, a rushing or two receiving touchdowns. If that happens, and that's a huge if, then maybe Mario has a chance. I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't. I think Scott could have a pretty good game, right? Miles Sanders most likely not gonna be there. Scott will pick up that role because Gainwell, they'll both get a few more touches, but Gainwell's more the receiving back. Both of them can do both catch and run. I think they might get like a 60-40 timeshare. So Scott can have a good game, but I'm still going for it and Zeke. Let's move on. Evans, Williams, or Mooney and Anderson. Mr. Anderson. I'm definitely going Evans and Williams. I know Williams had a stinker. The whole team did against Baltimore. I don't think that happens again. Now, is Belichick going to try to take out Keenan Allen or Mike Williams? Throughout this season, remember, Belichick always tries to take away your best weapon. He would always double-team the second receiver, right? Put his best corner on the best receiver and then double-team the second receiver. So are they going to put their best corner on Keenan and then double-team Mike Williams, right? Who's been the bigger, who's the bigger deep play too? Mike Williams. Keenan Allen doesn't beat you deep. He gets, he deep, he's like a uh, death by a thousand cuts and then he gets the touchdown at the end. So he cuts you, cuts you, cuts you, then stomps your head. Um, Mike Williams is the guy, the, you know, the lightsaber slice, one hit, done. So I would think Belichick would take out Mike Williams with the double team. And if they do that, Keenan Allen might get, you know, the, the reception game, eight receptions, 72 yards. Mike Williams might go with a, like, last game, right? Now, they pulled him out because it was just the game was a blowout. But could he go for two catches? I mean, one catch against the Raiders. He's only done that twice this year. And the Ravens game, everyone was bad, so I'm not going to chalk that up to him. But 42-39 and two 22-point games, you got to play him. I like him more than Anderson and Mooney. Mooney, though, has been a favorite target for the season. He's got three double-digit games, including a 26-point game against Detroit. He is Justin Fields' favorite receiver. That's great. So I just don't trust Mr. Anderson. Maybe he'll get over the drops, but, man, that guy just keeps dropping balls left and right, killing Sam Sam Darnold. Evans, three-touchdown game. He has, I think, the only time in his career he went without a catch. I thought it was Marshawn Lattimore. So Lattimore could do that, right? We saw what he did. He basically shut down DK Metcalf other than the one deep play. You take that out, which you can't. I mean, he did still do it, whether he pushed off or not, or threw the guy down. It looked like he was tripping as Metcalf was getting a feel for where Lattimore was. But if he can get Evans out of this game, Evans can go back to a four-point game like he had against Philly. That That's what Mario needs. I don't see that happening to both, but I'm just giving you a rundown of what possibly could happen where it could be a Godwin game. Lattimore takes out Evans. Evans either gets ejected from a punch or just gets frustrated or does nothing, and Tom Brady stays away from him. And Mike Williams gets double teamed, and everything goes to 
the tight end or Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler. So that is a possibility. I feel safer. I'm still going with Nick's receiver, so I guess I should move on. But I'm just saying there is a chance that they both have bad games, and I would not be shocked at all. So receivers, Nick. As of now, Nick has not changed. Obviously, Waller on a bye week. His other tight end, Andrews, on a bye week. So look to see Nick make a move to pick up some kind of tight end. He's in my predicament. Good luck, Nick. I'm sure you'll pick up someone who will go for 15 to 20 as I keep getting guys in single digits. But, yeah, I'm taking Gusecki. Regardless, there is no one. Now, you can find someone who might have a lucky game. I've been unfortunate. I haven't had that. But there is someone you might be able to do that and pick up. I'm still going Gusecki. Gusecki, listen to his last few games. And I've watched some of those Dolphin games because I love watching Tua. 25, he's got 46 points combined in the last two games. He's got 15 catches and 200 yards receiving. I think he has one touchdown. That's outstanding. And he's got four to the last five in double digits. So I'm going Gusecki. He's the big bright spot on Mario's team. Then you've got Osborne, who had the game-winning catch against Carolina in overtime. He's on the, the Sunday night game. I do like him. I do not like him as much as DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore... that. Panther offense needs to get rolling. I think they will make up some bad play. We saw Tua throw four touchdowns against this uh, Falcon defense. So look for DJ Moore to maybe get two of them if he goes out there and throws three touchdowns, has a big game. I still think Osborne could, right? He could. It's it's Dallas. Dallas might you know be trying to take out Jefferson and Thielen. They've got to worry about Cook. It's just Osborne's like fourth on the, the chart when it comes to offensive plays. When he is given opportunities, he's played outstanding. I still like DJ Moore. Let's get to the flex. You got Jared Cook because he's got no other quarterbacks against Tom Brady. Now, New Orleans last year, week one at New Orleans, Brady was awful. And it was almost like when it first happened, it was like, oh boy, maybe he is done. You know, he left New England on a playoff loss to the Titans and he looked terrible and everyone blamed the receivers. And I'm like, well, you can't give him credit when there are no receivers and say he can work with anyone. And then when they lose because his receivers don't catch him, he needs receivers. It's like you can't to me, it's you can't have it both ways. And when Brady went there, I was like, oh man, maybe it is, maybe he is done. And then of course he's not. And we went on to see that. He's been outstanding every game this year, other than week four at New England. We know why. Duh, that was obvious. He didn't he wasn't gonna go out and throw for 50 fantasy points. That said, I think he has a good game. I know it's at New Orleans. I think he goes out there and puts up anywhere from 22 to, to 27, somewhere right there. I think it's a good enough game to where he's fantasy relevant, and I will take him over Cook. And then I'm not even going to talk about the defenses. So breaking down position by position, this is my second. You know, the Rotherhams have had some tough luck. Two losses for Nick and four for Matt. I My lock of the week is Matt ending that losing streak, getting to 500 and getting back on the winning path and getting set to try to win that division. Although I still think Dino wins this week, so he'll still be a game back. But you got to get wins to at least try to get that wild card spot. Get in the playoffs, and anyone in this league can beat anyone. And Nick, I think, will get back and get to 5-3 and three with a victory over Mario. That would be my second lock of the week. And now let's get to our last game. It's already past midnight. I want to hurry up. Elijah doesn't listen, so I don't have to talk that much about his team, but I still will break it down. Christian does listen. Let's get to quarterbacks, and sorry for the pause. I was about to say, Kyler Murray, I'm going to take almost any week, right? Entering this week, had I not seen the Green Bay game, 
I would have thought he would go for 25. I thought Green Bay's D was solid enough to where he would not go for 50 like he had in the past. He would not go for 40, but I thought he would go for 25. If Tua was playing anyone else, I might have even said wash. I know it sounds stupid. I know it's like, dude, really? Tua, his best game last year, I'm going to break it down last year. Let me tell you. Tua's best game last year was at uh, one of his first real breakout game was at Arizona. Where he threw for 240 yards, two touchdowns, and rushed for 35. He had 23 points. Then he had a big one against Cincinnati. Kansas City destroyed them for 37. And at Buffalo, right, at Buffalo, and I, I can't remember. I think Buffalo already had the second seed locked up. I can't remember if they were first seed. Or, no, they were second seed. So I don't know how great their defense was or what they were playing for. Miami was trying to get in. And I can't. I think that game went to overtime. But Tua threw for 361, 27 fantasy points. So he's had big games. And this year, back-to-back weeks, since coming back from injury, now I know it's at London and Jacksonville. They should have won that game. 31 points and 32 at home against Atlanta. So Tua, easily, if, if this was in two weeks, if this is at home against Houston two weeks from now and Kyler's playing the, the Packers, I might have said push. I might have taken it you know, even. I feel really good about Tua. That said, he's on the road at Buffalo. I'm still, because Kyler at 12, I think Tua can get over 12. Stays healthy. I think he goes for 17. I think he goes for 21. I think Kyler would have outscored him, not knowing the results. But knowing it now, I definitely take Tua. And that's a huge boost going into Sunday games where Christian goes, hey, I'm an underdog by 14 points or so. I can still do this. The fact that Kyler, Elijah's most powerful pieces are Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. So, Will this be a shootout by Tua and Allen? If if it is, Christian's okay with that because he's like, hey, that's great. My Tua could still outscore your double. If he can get 24 and double up Kyler Murray, huge advantage for Christian. Running backs, Zach Moss and Daryl Henderson or Eckler and I think that's Daryl Williams. Yes, Daryl Williams, great two weeks ago against Washington, 26 points, terrible against Tennessee. He only had five carries, but he was out there for 64% of the snaps. Now, that game, remember, they fell behind. You're not going to hand the ball off when you fall behind. With the Giants, I think it'll be more even pace. If Barkley plays, it'll be even a better game. Uh, if he does not, I think the Chiefs get an early lead. and Because check Daniel Jones' win-loss and just his overall stats with Barkley and without him. They are awful without him. I mean, they beat the Saints on the road with Barkley and Daniel Jones. That's how good they can be. You know, they can beat, they could win this Kansas City game if Barkley's healthy. I don't think they will. But that said, I think Daryl Williams has a better week if they can get any kind of stay within contention. I am taking Christian's running backs here. I like Henderson right at Houston. I think he can have, I think Eckler has possibly the best game because New England might be going, look, let's take away Herbert. Let's take away Mike Williams. And then Eckler can have a decent game, but they're still going to try to, to do their best to limit what he does. And if that's the case, Henderson and Eckler, they might, even each other out. I still like Eckler more. I feel safer. But Henderson, man, if they Houston doesn't have any weapons. I mean, they do. But if Tyrod Taylor comes back, will he be able to give them enough offense against that Rams D? I don't know. Henderson might get a lot of touches. Either way, I'm going with Christian's running backs here. So so far, Christian's got the receivers or the running back and the quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins and Jamar Chase, Godwin and AJ Brown. Believe it or not, that is one I might have said push. Because Hopkins, I thought, would go for a big game, but I knew he was 
partially injured, and there's always that chance that he doesn't finish the game. He didn't look great tonight. The fact that he got eight, and now he still has Godwin against the Saints, who's not probably going to go against Lattimore. And he's got A.J. Brown, who had a huge game last week for 33 points, and now he's playing their division rival Colts. Yeah, I'm going to go with Elijah's, just like I went with Christian's quarterback because Kyler Murray played. I'm going with Elijah's receivers because Hopkins played. I think Godwin can go for 16 as he's projected, and I think Brown goes for 20. Jamar Chase, will he have? No, I don't think he's going to have a 200-point game. I think this is a game where he'll go out. I think he'll have five catches, 62 yards, maybe a touchdown or not. He might go for 11. He might go for 20. Who knows? I just don't see a huge game because, like I said, you still got Boyd. You still got Higgins. You got Uzama, man, who went for two touchdowns last week. You still have other weapons, and the Jets are not going to score enough to have to keep throwing it. Baltimore did. The, the Bengals were down in the third quarter to the Ravens before they dominated and blew them out that, that late in the game. So Chase is not going to have to do all that. He's not going to, you know, he might have a touchdown. You know, you, if Chase doesn't get it going early, huge disappointment, right? You want to see him get a few catches on each drive when it starts out and the game's kind of close. Maybe the Jets get a special teams touchdown, something to where the game is a little bit close and Chase gets a big play and then, you know, watch Joe Mixon dominate the rest of the game. But yeah, uh, I don't think he's going to, I don't think Chase can make up the ground for A.J. Brown and Godwin. So Elijah receivers this week based just on matchup. Ertz went for eight. If I would have seen this, I would have taken Hawkinson anyways. He's one of the few bright spots, DeAndre Swift and Hawkinson. I said I'm going to take Hawkinson almost every week other than Kelsey. Now Pitts is to that list, and Waller. I would take Hawkinson over Kittle because the offense, it runs through him most of the time. And uh, Ertz had a good game, but still, Hawkinson. Ridley or Sutton? Man, like I talked about with Washington, it, it depends. Is Judy as good as he's expected to be back? Washington's defense gives up the most receiving yards. So I like Sutton to have a really big week. I'm hoping Judy comes out there and gets you know enough to stay relevant as well. Calvin Ridley? I mean, he had 14 points last week. He's not been bad in any game, but he hasn't had the 30-point games we've been waiting for, right? 10, 19, 14, 15, didn't play against the Jets, had the bye week, came back against Miami, not bad. 10 targets, only four catches. He's had double-digit targets in every game but one, and I'm not talking the one he didn't play in. So, yeah, he could be due. You know, he could be due to finally get one of those 30-point games. I'm going to say push. I like Sutton's matchup better, and... I don't know, are they going to try to take Ridley out? I, it's a push. Any of them can go off. Ridley is projected to get more than Sutton, so I can't make a call because I like Sutton's matchup way more. But I know Ridley can go go for the big plays and have a 30-point game, while Sutton, I think, is probably capped at about in his early 20s, just in the fact that you got Patrick there, you got Williams there, you got Noah Font there, you got Jerry Judy there. With the Falcons, you got, what, Cordell or Patterson? Waller or Waller Pitts and Ridley so less weapons so Ridley might get it that's why I think Ridley can go for the bigger game while Sutton could be more consistent I'd rather have the more consistent when I think Elijah has other pieces that are more of an advantage now here's the big swing Emmanuel Sanders and Josh Allen if jo I'm going to take Josh Allen all day duh he was one of the league MVPs the guy's probably going to go for 40 against Miami in Buffalo that said if Sanders can get half those points, that would be gigantic, right? If Diggs goes for maybe a little bit, maybe if it's the running back, although you don't want it to be 
Zach Moss, right? You don't want, if Josh Allen throws a touchdown pass to Zach Moss, man, that's a huge dagger to Christian. He doesn't want to see that. But if, if Sanders can go out and have a game like he did against Kansas City when he went for 20, right? And then Josh Allen, I think that game, let me check. That game against Kansas City, Josh Allen went for 44, right? If you take that, that's a big advantage, right? Because you, you go, okay, I'm getting half the points. So I'm still, if, if, if Sanders could still come off with quarterback numbers at 20 or better, that's a huge win. And then it's going to come down to the defense. Roquan Smith, I think with the Niner run game, I think he'll have a good game. Simmons, solid at 10, but I think Smith can possibly double that up. And then the Saints or Seahawks, both defenses, eh, they both have tough matchups. I know Jacksonville's not great, but Trevor Lawrence is really good. Breaking that all down, man, I really like Hawkinson, Brown, and Godwin more, but I don't, I don't love them more to make the difference with what Tua, hey, man, my cats, I'm almost done, and they're giving me a hard time. I don't know if that's a difference with Eckler and Williams, right? I think Eckler and Williams, Zach Moss needs to get a touchdown to keep to keep even with Christian's running backs. I know a lot of times when I break it down, we're supposed to say what they could do or who has the advantage, but it's hard for me not to see what the outcomes can be where I want to guess. So right here, when I say Eckler and Williams, I think they combined for 40 points. Well, Henderson can have 18 and Moss have six. That is because then there goes any advantage with Josh Allen and unless Sanders does nothing, right? Unless Sanders is like five points and Allen goes for 30 and it's all digs and it's all Zach Moss or something like that. And then Tua. Tua has to have a good game. I don't expect him to at Buffalo. I know he did last year. He's had a two-game really excellent performance. Maybe he does. I hope he does. I really hope Tua has a great game because I'm so tired of them saying, trade Tua. He's not... Dude, the guy does not stink. When he did not perform well last year, they did not open up the playbook. Everything was so preseason vanilla. And you're like, dude, I get it. You want to maybe make it easy for him. He's not getting it done. I could talk a little bit more about Tua in this than in our weekly recap video. I don't have time on that. But with Tua, when I watch him, I'm like, he's not missing men. A couple times, you know, everybody does. He has missed uh, or throw a little high at times. And he's made a few bad decisions. It's his second year. He didn't even play a full year last year. So give the guy some time. That said, man, I've never seen a quarterback get drafted in top five and not even halfway. He hasn't even played 16 games. And they're already like, oh, yeah, you know, trade that draft capital you had. Trade some pieces and get Deshaun Watson. Watson, what has he done? I mean, he puts up great numbers. I like him. He's great for fantasy. But I'm talking real football. He plays outstanding. Right, but I think he had great weapons with Hopkins and Will Fuller. They made a difference. You had the deep man. It was like Kobe and Shaq, the long short sword, the short sword, and that's what they were. And Deshaun had a cannon of an arm, and he's a great mobile quarterback. And I, if I was, you know, a fan of the Dolphins, and they didn't have Tua, I'd want him. But Tua can be like Russell Wilson. You know, you got to give him a little bit of time and give him some pieces, an offensive line that protects him, and. You just got Jalen Waddle, and look at they're doing great. They have great chemistry. I really think they need to zip it with the trade for Watson. See what you got with Tua. You know, give the guy a chance. And look at Flores. He made some terrible calls against the Jags. Terrible. Bad fourth down decisions going for it. Uh, the run plays, bringing in Malcolm Brown, who is like, it's like bringing in a diesel for a, a diesel truck to do a, you know, a quarter of a block speed run. You wouldn't do that. You would bring. I'd rather bring in a bicycle 
You know, they're, they're, you want something quick. He should have had Gaskins, Ahmad, somebody who can get quick to the... On fourth and one, he brings in Malcolm Brown, didn't even get to the line of scrimmage. It was embarrassing. And I'm like, that's your call? And then he had another fourth and one where it was a terrible call. It wasn't Tua couldn't execute it. And then he's dropping his... They lose to the Jags, and he's dropping his headphone, pissed. He should be pissed that he's made so many bad calls. Maybe he was. And then the game last week, Tua got them the lead. That's what all... Can you imagine if every time Elway or Montana got the lead, the team blew it, the defense blew it? You know, this Elway guy, man, he's got us four fourth-quarter comebacks, but he, he just can't get it done. He can't hold the lead. It's like, are you kidding me? He got you the lead with two minutes to go. You guys couldn't stop Kyle Pitts it, to save your life, and it's not, it's not against you. Kyle Pitts is a freak. He's awesome. They had one of their best corners, Howard, on him, and he couldn't. It was comical. I mean, that's how good Pitts is when they when they want to use him. A linebacker's not fast enough, and the corner's not good enough. He did it in college, and he's going to do it in the pros. Then double team, triple team the guy, make him beat, make someone else beat you. But Pitts in that last drive owned him. Throughout the game, he did, and I'm getting way too heated up talking about a Miami Dolphin team that should be three and four, like Brian should be three and four, and instead they're one and six, and they're talking about trading to a. What and what on earth would Deshaun Watson have done? Don't tell me, oh, he wouldn't have turned it over early in the game. Watson has had plenty of games where he's fumbled or made interceptions. He's got zero Super Bowls. He had a 24-0 lead at Kansas City in the playoffs. Okay, and his team could not hold it, and neither could he. If that was Tua, he'd have been crucified. And a lot of quarterbacks would have. With Watson, he gets a pass. And I I like I said, I like Watson. It just he needs to this this talk that if you had Watson now, what would you have done last week against Atlanta? You two or through four touchdowns. It's not like he threw four touchdowns and four picks. I think he had two picks. It's not. It's still he threw more positive than negative, and I just don't see what Watson would have done so different. Through five touchdowns, I mean, what, your defense couldn't stop anything, and that's the defense which was so good last year and why they made the playoffs has been terrible this year. Yeah, I've talked way too long. So, yeah, I'm on 42 minutes. I apologize. But, yeah, it's just something I had to say. I just, you know, when I always mention here and there a comment about Tua, oh, it's not Tua's fault, Tua. This, and it's just, I, I'm watching him play, and let's say maybe he turns out to be a bust. He is not Jamarcus Russell bust. He's not Ryan Leaf bust. The guy at worst, at worst, could be a backup quarterback, and he'd be like if the Cowboy, he was on the Cowboys and Dak got hurt. I would feel 100% comfortable with Tua coming in on that Cowboy roster and watch him drop four touchdowns and get Zeke involved and maybe throw a pick. And if the Cowboys' defense doesn't stop anyone and they lose, just like when Dak was losing last year before he got hurt and they didn't stop anyone, were you screaming, get rid of Dak, get Deshaun Watson? I just feel it's unfair. Just me. I'm so sick of hearing the Deshaun Watson to Miami talk. So, way too long overboard on that. Looking at it, breaking it down, Although I like the Godwin, Brown, and Hawkinson, and Sutton, right? I feel Sutton's safe play. I really like that core to help him win. I, It's all to me about Tua and Calvin Ridley, and possibly Sanders too. But if Ridley goes for 20, if he can match Sutton or have a huge game, a breakout game this year, he do, you don't even need Sanders to go off. Have Ridley, have Jamar Chase get you over 20, and then Williams and Eckler really outscore. And that's not asking a lot. I'm not. This is not one where I'm saying, hey, you know, if your backup tight end can get 17, I mean, obviously that can happen any week. That's not. That's not my point. 
My point is, if his guys can do what they're be, they can do, you know, if Ridley goes for 19, I think Sutton matches that. It's not looking good for Christian. I'm just trying to say what Christian needs to win. And looking at it, I can't honestly pick a winner. I would feel, looking at the rosters, the fact that Kyler Murray had 12 and Simmons had 10, I know Hopkins had 8 and Ertz had 8, right? So that's not great. That's not a... a I think Christian, mm, man, it's tough. It's tough to pick a winner here. Both three in a row for Elijah, five in a row for Christian. Someone's is going to stop here. I just like Christian's running backs more, and I think, I feel like two is going to have a bad game, but part of me does not want him to. I'm hoping he has a good game. Just looking at it, yeah. I mean, I got to end the show, so whatever. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go Elijah. I'm going to take Elijah just in the fact that I don't think two is going to go for 35 again. He could. He went for 37 at Buffalo last year. He very well could. If he does, trust me, I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'll love it. But he's going to have to because if Sanders goes for 12, then that's like Kyler Murray and Sanders in the super flex and flex spot matching each other. And if Josh Allen goes for 35 to 40, you know, and pulls up league MVP numbers like he has been, two has got to match that. And if he doesn't, I don't see I don't see Jamar Chase in that matchup where the Jets aren't going to score needed to go for a forty point game and it's going to come down to the I think Christian's team I think in the end I think it's going to come down to Tua and that's it I think if Tua goes for thirty or more Christian wins if Tua is like twenty or less I think Elijah wins and I think if Elijah wins I think it's going to be like a one seventy eight to one sixty game it's still going to be a close game. I can't see Christian's team not performing, but I think it's going to be a very good game. I think they're outstanding. I think Elijah and Christian is going to be an outstanding game, and I think even though he traded DeAndre Swift, I think Brian might try to keep competitive. But I still feel like Dino is going to break 190 or more. So I don't. When it comes down to good games this week, I really think it's my team, Austin, and my team, both six and one heads up, taking the one of them down, and then. Elijah and Christian, both 5-2. and two. So at the end of this week, you're going to have a 7-1 and one team, and you're going to have two 6-2 and two teams. Are there any other 5-2 and two teams? Oh, yeah, Elijah's. Oh, no, Elijah. I thought there was Christian and Elijah, both 5-2. and two. Isn't there another 5-2? and two? No. Wow. I thought there was. So at the end of this week, yeah, you will have two 6-2 and two teams. You're going to have multiple 5-3 and three teams because I think, I think Nick's winning. He'll get to 5-3. and three. I think. Oh no! I, who else is five and three? Oh no! The loser between Christian and Elijah will be five and three, and uh, the loser between Austin and myself will be six and one. All right. So I I got it under fifty minutes, forty six minutes. I hope you enjoyed the show. I you can see when I get passionate, I really get into it. I'm very tired right now. My brain is going crazy, but I I was locked in and I just kept going. And I'm like, I'm just gonna ride it. I'm gonna ride the two a wave, you know, and it. Hey, that's a good nickname that just popped in. It said a title wave, Tua wave. Hey, trademark, patent pending. If Tua takes off and they go, I mean, come on. The Dolphins, Miami, tidal wave, Tua wave. That's genius. And go ahead and look it up. I bet it's no, no one's ever used it before. Anyways, yeah, I'm going to ride it as much as I can. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Have a great Friday. Uh, this is what I like because now I don't have to do any video or any podcast again until maybe Sunday night, depends on how the game goes. And we could talk about matchups for Monday's show. Enjoy your Halloween. I'll be at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. They're having the Halloween bash where they have food. And it's the best. 
You know, if you never, I mean, all of us who go to local churches, I know Calvary, uh, Old Path, they, I used to go there when I worked there. I would always see the kids when I worked with the kids. I love that. Um, but Calvary La Habba used to do it. That's where we used to go for many years. We would once in a while go to Calvary, uh, Costa Mesa, but my mom would go to uh, La Habra and we used to take the kids there. They have the whole parking lot lined up with games. And I'm like, look, guys, and I tell the kids, we did finally let them, uh, I think last year, the year before, we let them go out trick-or-treating after we went to church on the neighborhood that by my mom's church. We let them hit it up. And it was pretty cool. I think that was two years ago. No, it could have been last year. But the point was, they liked it, but they were like, eh. They're like, it's not all cracked up to be. They like going to the church because, and that's what I said. I go, guys, look, I did it for years. The only thing good about it is it burned calories and it's good for your metabolism to walk all over the neighborhoods to get candy, right? I'm like, you go to the church, you get a whole row. It's like radio row at the Super Bowl and you get to play games and you get candy. You win or lose, they'll give you a handful of candy. I mean, we have giant bags worth afterwards and then Cindy and I get it too. We get to play. So I definitely recommend anybody to go to your local church to try to get in you know, with your kids doesn't matter what state you live in. I know we got out-of-state people, but any of them. The local churches are the best when they have the games, the candy. You know it's safe. You know it's. You don't have to worry about any lunatics. Nowadays, you got to worry about a lot of lunatics uh, and safety. But have a good time. Be safe. Enjoy your Halloween. Enjoy your weekend. And we're looking forward to some really good games. Yeah, it's, it's going to be wild. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, to see if Austin or I can continue to try to be the first team to get 13 wins. So have a great day. Talk to you later. Peace.